are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. You are listening to the Locked On Yankees podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Stacey Gotsoulias, and I'm the host of Locked On Yankees. I'm a baseball writer turned podcast host, and you may have read my work at places like Baseball Prospectus, The Hardball Times, Fan Rag Sports, and the ESPN Sweet Spot blog. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On Yankees or you can find me at my personal account, Stace Gotts. We also have an Instagram account at LockedOnYankees, all one word. Please feel free to tweet comments to either Twitter account and leave comments on Instagram. If you're a new listener, hello and welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. I will be discussing the Hall of Fame results, which came out last night. We'll be talking about Masahiro Tanaka heading back to Japan and more. But first, you can get Locked On Yankees and all other Locked On podcasts straight to your phone in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Yankees. So before we start, I have kind of a funny story. I mean, it's funny to me. I don't know if it's going to be funny for you, but... Hear me out. I've been doing this podcast for nearly three years. I started in, I want to say, late June 2018 and then started doing it full time July of 2018. And over the years, I've gone through different mics and headsets and all that jazz. So I've been using a Blue Yeti for the past year. The Blue Yeti is basically like the gold standard of podcast mics. Most people have them. And the great thing about them is they're not that expensive. There are other mics that are, you know, in the hundreds of dollars where the Blue Yeti is not. And it turns out (laughs) for the past year, I've had my settings wrong on my microphone, which I found out in a meeting last week. So I found that highly amusing and If my voice sounds slightly different, that's the reason why I finally know how to operate my microphone. So now that my audio is the way it's supposed to be, let's discuss the Hall of Fame, which I know I discuss it a lot, but this will be it because the results came out last night. We'll be talking about the results and the ramifications of the results and all that good stuff. So in case you didn't know, which I don't know how it's possible, but in case you didn't know, no one got into the Hall of Fame last night. Kurt Schilling, who was close last year and close this year, didn't make it. He had 71.1% of the vote. He missed it by 16 votes. And what is interesting about this is there were 14 blank ballots turned in. Now, I don't know if it was a form of protest. I don't know if these... I'm assuming men, because most of the people in the BBWAA who vote on the Hall of Fame are men. There aren't that many women who have votes yet. So I'm not sure if those ballots were a form of protest or if these guys actually believe that there is no one Hall of Fame worthy on the ballot. It could be, but I doubt it. Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds also did not get in. Bonds, Schilling, and Clemens 
were all in their ninth year of eligibility on the ballot, which means they have one more chance next winter to get in. And next winter is going to be really interesting because you have Alex Rodriguez and David Ortiz appearing on the ballot for the first time. If you thought the Hall of Fame discourse was too much in previous years, just wait. Just wait for next winter. It is going to be unbearable. So after the results came out last night, Kurt Schilling posted on Facebook saying, I will not participate in the final year of voting. I am requesting to be removed from the ballot. I defer to the Veterans Committee and men whose opinions actually matter and who are in a position to actually judge a player. I don't think I'm a Hall of Famer, as I've often stated, but if former players think I am, then I'll accept that with honor. So here's that whole debate about whether the writers should be the gatekeepers, whether the writers should be judging players. And I've said on this show a few times that in some ways, I think the writers should do this because they're the ones who watch the players day in and day out and they write about them. But then on the other hand, you have writers who haven't written about baseball in a while, who write about completely different sports and don't even pay attention to baseball, still voting for the Hall of Fame. And that's a problem. But I don't appreciate Schilling making it seem as if the writers have no right to judge a player when the writers are the ones, again, who watch them day in and day out. It goes along with that whole, well, you never played the sport. You have no idea what it's like. You have no say or you shouldn't have any say in any of this. Now, the other side of that, Schilling talking about the players being the ones voting everyone in, the Veterans Committee voted Harold Baines into the Hall of Fame. Harold Baines is a really nice guy, but is he actually a Hall of Famer? No. This is my long-winded way of saying there is no solution to this. There will never be a happy solution to this problem. They're never going to take the writers' votes away. And the players who are on the ballot will have to suck it up and deal with the writers being the gatekeepers. Although I was struck by the comment that Schilling made where he claims he doesn't believe he's a Hall of Famer, but if the players think he is, he'd be honored to go in. If you don't think you're a Hall of Famer, then take your hat out of the ring so someone else who's more worthy of that honor can get in. So quickly, let me go through the percentages for these guys. Schilling, 71.1%. Bonds, 61.8%. Clemens, 61.6%. Scott Rowland made a very big jump up to 529 Omar Vizquel was 49.1%. Billy Wagner, 46.4%. Todd Helton, 44.9. Gary Sheffield also made a big jump. He's up at 40.6. Andrew Jones is at 33.9. And Jeff Kent is at 32.4. As I said, Roland made a big jump. Last year, he was at 35.3. And he jumped up to 52.9. Among the first-time guys, the top vote-getter was Mark Burley. He got 11% of the vote. The only other first-time candidates who reached the 5% threshold so they could remain on the ballot next year were Tory Hunter at 9.5% and Tim Hudson, 52 As I said, next year's ballot will include Alex Rodriguez and David Ortiz. It will also include Jimmy Rollins, Ryan Howard, Mark Teixeira, and Tim Lincecum. In a moment, we'll be talking about Masahiro Tanaka most likely returning to Japan. But first, let's talk about Built Bar, because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It comes in 18 amazing flavors. 
You have nut and non-nut flavors, including six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Among the 12 originals, my favorites are mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate is amazing. Toffee almond, coconut almond. Every bar is covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and they're easy to chew. They're great if you want to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low sugar, low calorie, high protein, high fiber. They're great for the keto diet. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, you'll get 20% off your next order. That means next. So you don't have to be a first-time customer to get this 20% off. You could order from Locked On 50 times and still get it if you use the promo code Locked On. Again, that's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Like a true New Yorker, I don't own a car. But if you own a car, you should go to RockAuto.com. Because RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Well, some breaking news just came in on Twitter. That's where I get my breaking news. The Yankees are in agreement on a deal with relief pitcher Darren O'Day pending physical. That's from Lindsay Adler of The Athletic. So that's exciting. The Yankees signed someone else. They do need bullpen arms. I don't think they're done making moves. Obviously, actually, they're not because... As I discussed on yesterday's crossover episode with Gabrielle Starr of Locked on Red Sox, if you didn't listen to it, listen to it. We discussed the Adovino deal, and the Yankees are definitely not done making deals. They still have to announce signing Gardner, because you know that's happening. And they still need, I would say, at least another bullpen arm and possibly a starter, but I don't know. They might be doing that whole let's rely on the kids thing, which isn't fun to think about, but who knows? It's still really early. It's only January 27th. Moves are made all the way up until spring training and into spring training, but right now the Yankees at least have one more bullpen arm in Darren O'Day. Don't have the particulars of the deal, just that they're in agreement and it's pending a physical. I will say this. This is how my brain works. Darren O'Day has been pitching a while, and 
Okay, for some reason, whenever I heard his name, I would think of Alan O'Day. And if you're young, you have no idea who I'm talking about. If you're in my age range, you still might not know who I'm talking about. Alan O'Day had a song in 1977 called Undercover Angel. Every time I saw someone tweet Darren O'Day's name, or any time I saw him come into a game and pitch, Undercover Angel would pop into my head. And this is going to happen this entire season for as long as he pitches for the Yankees. So that'll be fun. By the way, small sample size alert. O'Day in 2020, he was 4-0. He pitched 16 and one-third innings. He had 22 strikeouts and his ERA was 1.10. Again, small sample size, as with everyone who pitched in 2020, including Adam Adovino. Please listen to yesterday's crossover episode if you haven't yet. Moving on to starting pitching, it looks as if Masahiro Tanaka will be returning to Japan and that his days as a Yankee are officially over. We kind of knew this was coming because if he was going to remain with the Yankees, I'm pretty sure they would have signed him by now. I am bummed about this. I've always loved Masahiro Tanaka since he became a Yankee. He's just been such a good Yankee and I'm disappointed that they never want to ring for him. And you can think of lots of moments in Tanaka's career as a Yankee, but for me, it was the game against Cleveland, game three, the shutout game, the one that was decided by a Greg Bird home run off Andrew Miller. Tanaka pitched his rear end off in that game, and I will always love him for that, especially because of how dire it was for the Yankees at that point. They were down 0-2 in the series. I mean, the good thing was that they were back home, but after the way they lost game two, why am I always talking about the Yankees losing a game two? Anyway, after they lost that game and the way they lost it, game three, I mean, Obviously, it was big because if they lost, they were going home. But for Tanaka to come out and do what he did against that Cleveland team, the Yankees had no business beating Cleveland that year. They really didn't. Cleveland should have walked all over the Yankees. I saw the Yankees play a regular season game against Cleveland in 2017, and I believe the Indians swept that series. And actually, wait, was I at a doubleheader? It may have been a doubleheader, and the Indians swept it. It was the, the Yankees looked inept. The Indians looked unstoppable. And for the Yankees to do what they did in that division series, I still marvel at it nearly four years later. I love the 2017 team, and Masahiro Tanaka is a big reason why. Nothing is official as of yet, but the reports are that he will be returning to his original team, the Rakuten Eagles of the Nippon Professional Baseball League. And no, I will not sing Rakuten like they do in the commercials because those commercials annoy me. Like you would not believe. How did Elton John allow that to happen? Anyway, before I go on a rant about how 70s songs have been used in commercials, mostly medication commercials for some reason, that's a rant for another day. Anyway, the report out of Japan published on Monday said that Tanaka could receive a formal offer from the Eagles as early as this week. Now, what I can't believe is that no Major League team wants Masahiro Tanaka. I know the UCL is a little iffy and that he's been pitching on a UCL that's ready to pop for uh, seven years, but I don't, I'm just shocked that no one in baseball is interested in having Masahiro Tanaka in their rotation. It's bad enough the Yankees are saying goodbye to him, but the entire league? That just seems really strange. 
maybe it's the asking price, but even that, I mean, qualifying offers are, what were they, 18 point something, and I believe he was asking for 15 to 20, which is not out of the realm of possibility for any of these teams, so I don't know. I don't understand it. And as I said, I'm disappointed because I loved Tanaka, I loved what he did for the Yankees, and I just wish that more could have happened while he was in pinstripes. Now, if you've been listening this week, you may have noticed that I did not mention Jameson Tyone, and there's a reason for that. I will be recording a crossover episode with Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates that will be airing tomorrow, and we will be talking about everything to do with the Tyone deal, and I'm pretty excited about this because I will be honest, I don't know as much about Jameson Tyone as... Ethan does because he's watched him pitch. Yankee fans tend to be a bit insular. We like paying attention to the Yankees and only the Yankees and the AL East or the AL. And we don't often look at the NL, but I have to say I'm pretty excited about this move. I understand that it's risky because he's coming off Tommy John surgery, but he's also friends with Garrett Cole. And we love when that happens because Garrett Cole talking to anyone about pitching and helping them with their pitching is a good thing. So again, Look for that tomorrow, crossover episode with Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates. But for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Today. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your Wednesday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Tomorrow.